Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. See, all the world religions other than Christianity deny that Jesus Christ is both fully man and fully God and died on the, for the sin of mankind. We know that Jehovah's Witnesses, they deny Jesus' deity. In fact, whenever they come to your door, prepare and talk about those scriptures that talk about Jesus being fully God. Jesus being God, because that is their, their weak point. They see him as a holy man a good teacher, but they do not see him as God. The Mormons also deny Jesus as deity. They think he was just a half-brother of Lucifer, the devil. Can you imagine that? kind of fits in with the yin and yang thing, right? Welcome to today's edition of Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob examines the Apostle John's explanation of who Jesus is. John identified this eternally existent being who was physically present with John and others as the word of life. It's as if John said to everyone, this logos or word you have been talking about and writing about for centuries is the one. We have heard him, seen him, studied him, and touched him. Let me now tell you about him. John speaks of Jesus as God in the flesh, something other religions refuse to believe. And now let's join Pastor Rob with today's study. God had bodily, he was all human, and he was 100% divine, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. So a ghost or a phantom, as they would purport, cannot be nailed to a cross. Have you noticed a ghost being nailed to a cross? Have you noticed a ghost paying the price for sins? Have you, have you seen a ghost bleed? Have you seen a ghost eat? Jesus was not a spirit. He possessed a physical body before and after his resurrection. And a spirit does not have flesh and bone, nor does a ghost eat. In Luke chapter 24, go there with me. We're going to read a passage. Again, one of John's great missions in this epistle is to knock on the doors of Gnosticism, actually blow them down with a large gun, blow holes in the ship. And we're going to get into it in the coming weeks. But notice what it says in Luke 24, beginning in verse 36. And this is after the crucifixion, after the resurrection. In fact, it was the very evening of Resurrection Sunday, that very evening. You remember, there were two men walking on the road to Emmaus. In verse 36, it says, Now as they, these two men, who were on their way to Emmaus, said these things to the eleven disciples. Because remember, they went to Emmaus. They were on their way there. Jesus revealed himself as they broke bread, and they were so excited. And then Jesus just vanished, because he had a resurrected body at that time. This was after his resurrection. And they were so excited, they run back to Jerusalem. And they're standing in the room where they all were. For fear of the Jews, they were all there in the room. 
And as they said these things, Jesus himself, notice, stood in the midst of them. In this resurrected body, Jesus was able to appear and disappear, evidently at will. Notice what he said to them. He said, peace be to you. Verse 37, but they were terrified and frightened and supposed that they had seen a spirit, that, they, that they'd seen a ghost. And he said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Notice, handle me and see. Notice, underline this, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they were still, and why they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, hey, you guys got anything to eat? You guys got one of those buy one, get one free coupons for Bill Gray's for a cheeseburger? I can eat both of them. I'm pretty hungry. Have you any food here, he says? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and he ate it in their presence. Blowing holes in the ship of Gnosticism. Was he a a real man? Yes, he was. He was fully divine, fully man. And see, we have to provide that kind of proof. And I love the Bible because the best commentary on the Bible is the Bible itself. It really is. It's the best. To deny that he was a physical being and thus human was and is heresy because the Bible clearly states that he was a physical being, yet fully God. Jesus physically needed to take our place on the cross. It was substitutionary atonement. He, in our place, I deserve death. I deserve to be nailed to that cross. But he took the place for me. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 2. I'm going to have you go to a few places today, but because of time, I'm just going to read some things to you. But do look at Hebrews chapter 2, beginning in verse 14. Now, for you and I, we know this to be true. We know that Jesus was human. We also know that he was God. But you may have to share that with somebody else because heresies are ignorance. What people don't know about the Bible, they need to know about the Bible. And here's a good verse. Hebrews 2, verse 14, it says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, speaking of Jesus, likewise shared in the same, this is before his resurrection, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. That's not only the Jews, but for all of us too. He gives us aid. Therefore, here it is, verse 17, in all things he had to be made like his brethren. He had to be made in human flesh. He came and he tabernacled himself. It says that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation, to make atonement is really what that word means, for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are being tempted. Have you been tempted this week? Do you know that you have a faithful and great high priest on your behalf that you can run to? In this very epistle in chapter 4, John says to them, he says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. And this is something we need to do today. Whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone into, out into the world, by this you shall know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist. 
which you have heard was coming in and now is already in the world. The spirit of Antichrist is one who says he is not physical. He didn't come to take away the sins in physical form, in spirit maybe, but certainly not in the flesh. And John is saying that is Antichrist. That thought, that idea is against Jesus. It's against him. See, all the world religions other than Christianity deny that Jesus Christ is both fully man and fully God and died on the, for the sin of mankind. We know that Jehovah's Witnesses, they deny Jesus' deity. In fact, whenever they come to your door, prepare and talk about those scriptures that talk about Jesus being fully God, Jesus being God, because that is their, their weak point. They see him as a holy man, a good teacher, but they do not see him as God. The Mormons also deny Jesus as deity. They think he was just a half-brother of Lucifer, the devil. Can you imagine that? Kind of fits in with the yin and yang thing, right? He's, he's fully, you know, he's, he's, there's a good part and there's a bad part, and they somehow equal themselves out. No, God wins. Say hallelujah. Amen. (laughs) So the Mormons, they deny Jesus. Certainly the Eastern mystic religions don't believe that Jesus is God. The Masons, they have their secret societies. They used to have one in Penfield, right there at the Penfield Four Corners. They're no longer there. Thank you, Jesus. But they had their little triangular thing, whatever it was, you know, the little compass and all that stuff. And they'd have secret meetings because the things that that they learned are so secret, so secret. You have to pay to get them. And you have, to, you have to be initiated, but only if you're really good. You've got you to go through these hoops and jump through these things in order for you to obtain this great knowledge that we possess. And we might be able to share it with you. Maybe. just depends. How deep is your pocket? Oh, did I say that out loud? How deep is your pocketbook? No. If there's any truth, Jesus is truth. The Bible is truth. It's meant to be given out freely. None of the secret society business. It's meant to be given to all. But Jesus is God in the flesh. In a few months from now, the Christmas season will be upon us. And the card that we will all get from friends and relatives will be Isaiah 9, verse 6. And I'm going to quote it to you. It says, For unto us, now listen to this very carefully, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called what? Wonderful. Counselor. This baby is going to be called Mighty God. This baby is going to be called Everlasting Father. This baby... This son that is going to be given is going to be called the Prince of Peace. That means he's equal with God the Father. There's the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He's equal with God. Jesus is God. And he came into the world not only to pay the price for sins, but that he would also be our example. He was baptized as our example. Not that he needed to be baptized, but that we could identify, that he could identify with man and that we could identify with him. He didn't need to be baptized, but he did it. And you look at the lineage of Jesus. You know, if I was God and I was going to be incarnate in human flesh, I would have had a whole different thing. I would have had a really big, like a Macy's Day parade times 12. You know, you'd have the guy up in the blimp looking at the whole thing. I would have stallions and horses and gold and chariots and pomp and circumstance, and I'd have everybody there, even CNN. 
And I would tell them how great, (laughs) but notice, Jesus came. There wasn't even room for him at the inn. He had to sleep in a manger, a feeding trough. And in his lineage, you would think that it would be fully pure, fully spotless, but in his lineage, it says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 5, Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. Who was Rahab? She was a prostitute. She was a prostitute from Jericho. And Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Who was Ruth? She was a pagan Gentile who came to faith. And Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David. And this is the lineage of our Lord. That may, that may seem like cheating, but guess what? The seed came from God Almighty. God, the Father, impregnated Mary. He spoke, and that seed was placed in her womb. There was no need for Joseph to be around. So John testified that Jesus is the Son of God. And notice in verse 1 what it says, and we may only get through verse 1 today. I hope hope we can. It says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The word that, that, in that verse there, that first word, that, is speaking of Jesus Christ. Because that which was from the beginning, who was it? That was Jesus Christ. From the beginning. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. So before the beginning of this material universe that we live in, before the earth, before the moons and the stars, all the planets, the Milky Way galaxy, the whole lot of it, before it was even created, because he spoke all those things into existence, before those things existed, he existed. In Colossians it's verse 1, verse 15, it says, He is the image, Jesus, of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or power, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. I don't know about you, but those are like verses I just loved pieces. I love these verses. It just exalts who Christ really is. But in the beginning... And it ought to remind us of the very first verse of John chapter 1 and John's gospel. In the beginning, whenever that beginning was, it, it was before the foundation of the earth, before Genesis 1 and verse 1. It said, in the beginning, when before all of that was created, he was there in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we'll talk more about that later. But notice in verse 1, which we have heard. Which we have heard. See, unless it is God himself speaking, a spirit does not speak with an audible voice. Unless it's through a medium or through some kind of demon possession. And we know that those things happen today. We know that Saul consulted a medium. We know that there is demon possession. Even today there are these things. But John goes immediately on the tack against this heresy of Gnosticism. He says, which we have heard, and the last I heard, a ghost doesn't speak, a ghost doesn't eat, a ghost doesn't breathe, it doesn't bleed, it's not made of flesh and bone as Jesus was. Which we have heard in Hebrews chapter 1. It says, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past, 
to the fathers by the prophets. He has in, this, in these last days, notice, spoken to us by his Son. Now we hear the word of God through the Son of God. We have it recorded for us here. John's saying, that which we have seen and heard, that which we have heard, has been spoken to us by the Son. In John chapter 4 it says, And we ourselves have, have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. In Matthew chapter 5, you remember in the Beatitudes, Jesus said to them, he says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not commit adultery, but I say unto you. You see how he's putting himself, his authority, even over the Old Testament, which is rightful and fitting, because he is. He says, You've heard that it was said of old, You shall not commit adultery, but I say unto you, that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. The Jews were so focused on the externals, and Jesus brought it to the internal. Do you see the difference? Committing adultery, we all know, is a physical outward act, but now internally is what really matters, because from out of the heart is what causes that. If you get to the root cause, you kill the problem. You, you rectify the problem, and it will take care of the manifestation Does that make sense? For from the heart of man, that is what defiles him. In Hebrews chapter 2, I love this verse, says, Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. The author of the book of Hebrews is saying, we have to really think about what we have heard. Why? Lest we drift away. Lest we drift away. We have this funny thing in our culture we just kind of are on autopilot, and all these things are coming at us, and they lull us to sleep, they lull us to sleep, they lull us to sleep, and before no, Betty bye, Betty bye, la 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 la, and we're just kind of going along for the ride. And we're just floating through, and we're just kind of in this current. We don't even know, and we're just kind of, it's just slowly, you ever been on a beach? Especially on the, on the East Coast? When there's a lot of waves and you're sitting there looking at your umbrella on the beach, and if you're a guy like me, you're out there body surfing, playing in the waves, being food for great white sharks. <laughs> you're out there floating in the waves and the waves, and you're just having your fun old time, and the next thing you know, a half hour goes by, and you look up at the shore, and you're like, they, they left. And then you look around, and your, your place is way down there. Little by little, you've been... You've just been kind of washed and you've been taken away. That's what that means, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken? If something is spoken, that means we can hear it. Spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us through those who heard him. God also bearing witness with both with signs and wonders, with various miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. So that which we have seen, that which we have heard, John is saying we have heard him. And I love finally when Jesus was being arraigned by the high priest. Right before he was crucified in John 18 it says, The high priest asked Jesus about his disciples and his doctrine, and Jesus answered him. He says, I spoke openly to the world. I always taught in the synagogues and in the temple where the Jews always meet. And in secret I have said nothing. But why do you ask me? Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. Indeed, they know what I have said. We've heard him. We've got no excuse. That's what's so wonderful about the gospel. 
wonderful about the Word of God is when we hear it, we are accountable to it. And we must submit to the Word of God. Do you want to have a blessed life? Do you want your life to be a blessing? Do you want your life to be... Do you want to have peace? Real peace? Certainly being a Christian and being a a real believer and walking in the light is not an easy task. It is not. It's impossible. In the flesh, it's impossible. But in the spirit, you can do that. God gives you the strength and the power to resist those things. It doesn't mean you're perfect either because you're going to have several good days and one day you're going to blow it. And what do you do? Do you throw in the towel then and just say, you know, I give up on this. I'm just going back to Buddhism. No, you do like what it says that we're going to get into, not this week. You confess your sin. And if you confess it, he is faithful. Jesus is faithful to forgive you of that sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Now you're like a newborn babe again. You can walk away from it guilt-free, but we don't usually walk away guilt-free. We, we believe that he's forgiven us, but we still have to go through the hard knocks, don't we? We still have to get out the flagellum and beat ourselves and make ourselves feel bad for our sin. There's nothing wrong with that, but do you realize that that is really what it is? Man, I tell you what, to really grasp that truth and to know that you've been forgiven and walk away from it as if, because God has forgotten about it. And why do we hang on to it then? But that which we have heard and that which we have seen with our own eyes. In Luke's gospel, in the very first verse, he says this, Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which we have, have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning, notice, were eyewitnesses, that which our eyes have seen, John is saying. And he says, beginning, they were eyewitnesses, Luke is telling us, and ministers of the word. They delivered them to us, and it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, this patron of Luke, he was writing this letter to, that you may know what the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. There is nothing more credible than an eyewitness. In a courtroom today, if you've got an eyewitness to a crime, wow. Most crimes happen, there is no eyewitness. But an eyewitness has great credibility. Because you can say, I saw them. I saw them with my own eyes. It brings back a silly story when my mother, when she was, uh, she's a retired police officer, there was this one event on Thanksgiving Day, there was uh, a phone call that somebody had called the police and said there's a man running down the street with a turkey. Right, So my mom goes and she finds out who this is. And evidently this family was in the back part of their house. And some man came in with gloves or you know oven mittens. He walked into their house, unbeknownst to them, grabbed their turkey out of the oven, and he's running down the street. Well, how are we going to recognize him? Well, he's got a turkey. <laughs> and he's running down the street. <laughs> Eyewitness. We've seen it with our own weird eyes. Boy, that... See something like that, you're going to have to start taking pills. Am I losing my mind? I'm only kidding. But notice, John is saying, we've seen this with our own eyes. This is not some made-up story. We've seen these things with our very eyes. He was seen in in Acts chapter 1. He was seen by them for 40 days. In John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The Word is Jesus Christ, the Logos. We'll look at that 
I'm not sure if we're going to look at that today. But the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And let me ask you a question. Have you seen Jesus? Now, we may not have seen him physically. But have you seen I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as we continue our study in John's epistles. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.